Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Scott Soshner. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Stop in the Name of Love sports business podcast, The Sportacast. I have to be honest, Novi Williams, I have absolutely no idea what that means. You told me right before we started you wanted to talk about Diana Ross at the beginning of the no, show. No, I didn't say, Well, no, I said I wanted to talk about how my sister, by the way, coming to you live <laughs> from Sudbury, Massachusetts, hockey tournament this weekend. First of all, hi, Mark Gannis. How are you doing? Hi, Scotty. Hi, Evan. Great to Good see Mark. you guys. Good to see you. So Evan is in New York. I'm in Boston. Uh, we had a hockey tournament this weekend up here. We'll see how the focus group of one does. But Mark, you tell me this. I, and I, everywhere I look, I try to bring things back to sports business. So my sister is sitting here about three feet to my right, and she's on the Foxwoods website. She wants to go see Diana Ross playing at Foxwoods. And apparently, this is as popular as the pasta pass at Olive Garden. Like, you have to be in the first three seconds. So she, she lost focus for a moment, totally her fault, watching us, so Eben and I, you know, preparing for the show. And all of a sudden, the big sold out came up on the screen. And I, I was shocked. She was shocked. I mean, listen, I know Diana Ross is a big name. I got it. But let, let's be honest. It's been a while since Diana Ross has been. Uh, <laughs> da, da. And, I, and I, said, I said to her and Eben, like, is there anything Tom Brady or Joe Montana could do at age 70, whatever, where you would buy tickets for it? So is there, is there anything to be learned from Diana Ross selling out in a minute? Uh, there's a lot to be learned. First, keep the brand going. Uh, she kept the brand going. She's gotten popular uh, with a lot of uh, uh, videos of the old Michael Jackson uh, and, and Jackson 5 uh, uh, routines from back ABC. when they started. One, That's two, it. Three, baby, you and me. Uh, they, they gave the spinners a run for their money with their dance moves, if you remember. Evan doesn't remember this. This is just I do not remember this. Evan, you can actually shut off your mic and leave for five minutes if you want. Because nobody, I mean, nobody Williams has no idea what we're talking about. But, but my real question is, I, I didn't know Diana Ross was still alive. No, nothing to it. But, you know, and it's like a, a friend of mine saw ABBA uh, at a theater, but it was holograms. And I'm oh. wondering, are we going to get to that for some of the old music stars? And he said it was fantastic. He said it was unbelievably realistic. And they were playing the music they want to hear. So maybe people can live on for a long, long time, even after they're gone. I can't wait for the MSG Sphere. They're going to pay a lot of money to you two to appear at their residency. And then we're going to have the ABBA holograms appearing at the Sphere. It'd be much cheaper <laughs> for Jim Dolan since he spent so much money on the Sphere going over overruns. But so tell me then, what do I mean? I know Michael Jordan has kept the, the brand going, obviously. Yep. 
Who else? I mean, do you have to be that megastar? What What do you? I mean, you 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 follow all sports. Yeah. Who, who? Which athletes are doing it well, and who's going to have a life? And I know we'll get back to the NFL, you know, in a minute. But who, who's going to have life? Who's doing it right? Well, there there are. It, you do have to be a megastar to be able to to uh, really cash in on it as you get to your seventies and eighties. Uh, and Tom Brady is probably the only one at the, from the NFL that we can identify today. Uh, that would be in that category. From the NBA, I think we'll see a few. I think we'll see uh, Steph Curry continue, uh, LeBron James continue, Giannis uh, could very well continue. What you're seeing is these these stars are becoming multidimensional business uh, business people, and that's how they're keeping themselves relevant. They're keeping their their social media feeds fresh. They're doing strange things. They're you know on the back of boats. I saw Tom Brady on a Mr. Beast. Of uh, YouTube video. I watched that one. Yeah, on a yacht. You know, on a yacht. Throw. Yeah, and he actually. What did he do? He threw it. He actually made it on the first try. He hit something. He did football to a guy on a jet ski. Jet ski. Yes, it was. It was amazing. So how could that not be Gronk? By the way, how could it not be Gronk on the jet ski? (laughs) I don't think he was there. Otherwise, it would have been perfect. It should have been. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, but, But go ahead. That's the kind of thing you have to. So, like Brady buying into Birmingham City in uh, uh, in English soccer, by way of example, or buying into or being given a piece of the Las Vegas Aces in the WNBA. Stay relevant, stay constant, be on Mr. Beast so you get the younger audience. Do something wild like hitting somebody 80 yards down in the water on a, on a jet ski and hitting them on the first shot. Those are the kinds of things that you have to do to stay relevant. So a Brady will do that. I think LeBron will do that with with uh, Maverick Carter uh, helping him along the way. Steph's uh, going to do it Curry. on the professional golfers tour, for God's sake. He's he going to be a pro golfer as he gets older. And he's going to keep going uh, with golf. And that's an entirely different market segment that goes that, that's interested in golf. Look at what's happening with that Monday league that Rory and Tiger put together. Uh, you know, now you've got Arthur Blank that joined it. You're going to see a couple of other that I'm aware of, uh, major sports team owners that are going to be joining that same golf league. Well, hold, hold on, Mark, Mark Gannis, Mark Gannis. Now, what you're doing there is teasing something that uh-huh. now maybe the competition might chase between you and me. Now, this between you, me, Eben, and the you know many, many people that listen to this podcast. And that, by the way, that's not facetious. Many, many people listen to this podcast. I'm yeah. going to give you, my sister raises her hand there. You know, she doesn't really pay for a subscription, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> let me let me wink and nod. Mr. Novi Williams, do you know something about uh, what Mr. Gannis was just referring to? Do you know anything? I, I've, I've heard some names. I have heard some rumors. I uh, would we, like we, to we, maybe have some news at some point soon on this exact topic. Keep an eye on Sportico <laughs> and Novi Williams. I, I, I think there may be something of interest there. <laughs> That's right. But, but going, going back to, the, to what you're saying, Mark, it, to me, there's two main things here. One, I think athletes are... In, following in the footsteps of people like Michael Jordan and and Magic Johnson and, and just being savvier with their money. They're being paid a lot more now, but also being savvier with that money now. And two, I think the the new media opportunities, not the broadcast booth, but things like Mr. Beast, the ability for athletes uh, when they're playing or when they're retired to remain super relevant in digital media opportunities is, is so much bigger. It, it, it exists now and it didn't exist a decade ago, let alone three decades ago. And, and those are the two things that I see for the reason why I think you're right. We're going to see a lot of athletes who are big names now be extremely relevant later in life in a way that I think it, it was harder for people who played in the 80s or the 90s or even the early right. 2000s. 
But you know what I think the, was corny? Go ahead, go ahead. I, I, wanna, I was going to say, gonna, some, gonna some of them stayed relevant by being broadcasters. I, yeah. You know, we, Scotty and I grew up in the New York area. So so you've got, you know, Walt Frazier, Keith Hernandez, people who are great Swishing and dishing. There you go. The, the ebullient and loquacious player from the New York Knickerbockers. Yes, and very well dressed, too. Uh, you know, it's a, he had... Uh, well, you, he, you want to tell he, me something that Clyde told me? You're right, because that's all part of it now. Entertainment, sports, right. fashion, music. It's all wrapped up. It's what we do at Penske. I mean, we, we cover 360. But one thing Clyde said to me, and I believe this is true. I mean, I, maybe a few others, but not to Clyde's level. Uh, he said to me once, you know, a lot of players want you to think they have style. Because he remember him with the picture with the Puma Clydes oh, yeah. and, and the Rolls Royce. Classic. Clyde had style. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, I had style. Do you know what players of today have? They have stylists. Yep. Huge difference between having style and having stylists. Right. They got a lot of athletes today being told what to pick out before you know for the walk to the to the uh, to the arena or to the course or whatever it may be. Yep. And that's and that's what we're seeing. So we're going to see more of that. Uh, it it still will only be you know, the elite of the elite that will be able to have that kind of multi-decade longevity thereafter. But we can pick out the, the handful today uh, that, that are out there. They also have to be, they have to be able to communicate well. They can't just be, you know, the old praise of dumb jocks. They have to be able to communicate. They don't have to be socially, you know, out front. As a matter of fact, in some ways, I, I think that's starting to, 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 to reverse uh, the benefits. But which have to you have to look at like a Ryan Reynolds as an example, uh, somebody who has taken his celebrity and moved it to mobile, uh, uh, you know, telephonic mobile and to to liquor and to Wrexham, uh, and will continue with that as as he just bought into another team. So uh, you know, in Formula One, so that's the kind of thing that we need to, that, that that you'll see happening. Mark, what do you, what do you think about the the specifically around the NFL, the NFL's ability or inability to create these people? I agree with you when you said that the NBA maybe has more of these stars right now than the than the NFL does. Tom Brady certainly jumps out as an outlier, but is it the helmets? Is it? The, I, the I have one who jumps out also, by the way, who who runs counter to our narrative, who wasn't the megastar, whose personality and whose Q rating soared Pat because of what he's done. Pat McAfee yeah. is your example. Yeah. Nobody knows the punter from the Colts. Come I, on, look I, at what he's done post football. I agree. Yeah, I'm just curious, Mark. What, what do you think about the what it is about football that seems to uh, create stars in a different way than than the way the NBA creates stars? The the NFL is the is the quintessential team sport. No matter how great you are, quarterback, if you don't have an offensive line to protect you, if you don't have wide receivers to catch the ball, you're not going to do very well. Uh, so. Because it's the quintessential team sport, uh, it, there's less emphasis on the individual. Uh, and as a result, they get less attention. Now, it took Tom Brady six Super Bowl championships with some of the most unbelievable comebacks. Marrying Giselle didn't hurt. Uh, that would not hurt any man, I will add. Uh, and uh, so you start. So so he was he was a crossover star. And I think we'll see some more of them. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to mention Aaron Rodgers here. Now that he's in New York, now that he's uh, he's getting more attention and publicity than he ever got before. Don't forget, this is a guy that was in competition to be the host of Jeopardy uh, mm -hmm. after Alex Trebek. I think we're going to see people like that have great after career, after football career careers. And we'll see more of that. You know, look at Tony Romo. He went from, from the field to the broadcast booth, making a fortune. Wouldn't surprise me if we see him be a professional golfer as, as time goes on. Hmm. And, and he's so telegenic. 
but you've got to be telegenic. You've got to be, you've got to communicate well, and you've got to take advantage of uh, the crossover, the crossover appeals that social media and the coverage of celebrities provides today. Now, let me ask you this, Mark. We're talking with Mark Gannis, sports consultant. Mark, Tony Romo, he could have stepped into the booth, and I mean, we've it was like Dandy Don Meredith back in the. There's always been that color commentator. That that that's fine. It was to me, it was almost back to school when Merlin Olson came on. You know, it was Enberg and Olson doing the late game in Denver, and I'm like, oh my god, it's seven o'clock on Sunday time. That sixty minutes promo would come, and I'd be like, oh, it's time to go back to school. But the all the innovation that's happened, Romo would have been just like everybody else. You know, a good analyst, whatever. But the fact that we have the data and the innovative abilities for RomoVision to take hold, yep. it brought him to another level. Like Nobody had done that. We hadn't seen that. I think there's just simply more opportunities for players like Romo to stand out. Uh, there are, but I will go back a little bit before that and, and mention John Madden, who, uh, who yeah. stood out, and that was before Fuck. Tony Romo. Uh, I, I, do you have time for a quick John Madden story? Oh, Go, please, of course. Please. Do we have time? <laughs> That's the beauty of podcasts. It's either you're talking with it. a good John Madden story or I'm listening to Novi Williams tell me lightweight Princeton football stories. Where do you think I want to spend my time? Yeah, this is a good John Madden story. Uh, so John, when he would come to Chicago, uh, where I live, I would stay at the Ritz-Carlton, and that's, you know, he, he broadcast games. So if he ever stayed, the game was in Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit, he'd always stay here, and we'd get together when he came in um, many, many evenings. And he loved to walk the, loved to walk the streets uh, in the evening in his sneakers, and, we'd, and people would come up to him all the time. Great, very, very personable. He told me the story that before he got the Miller Light Beer commercial, he was told to prepare for uh, attention and celebrity that you never had before. And, and he told me that, that he told the advertising agency, what are you talking about? I've, I've been a Super Bowl head coach in the NFL. And he said, but the reality was that as soon as he did that commercial, the attention to him and the, all, over the, all over the world became extraordinary and it blew him away as to how, how much he became a celebrity and not a football coach after that. There's a story here. There's a, there's a moral to the story, and that is the more these, these athletes do these kinds of commercials that highlight them, they get known by a much larger audience, and that's how they keep their, their personas going. That's how they build it while they're in the middle of their careers. That was before the video game, I assume? That was well before the video yeah. game. Interesting. Uh, and, and, it was, and, and if you remember, you know, now, again, you know, we have a generational gap here with Evan versus Scotty and me. Uh, but, but that when, 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 he, when John Madden burst through the screen, <laughs> let me tell you another thing. It was, it was extraordinary. And so it, he became that character. And that's, what you're, that's the kind of thing that as athletes have longevity, they're, they, they, they're known for something not just playing football or coaching football in this case, or even just playing basketball. Uh, and that's and that's how they're, they're going to have this longevity that Diana Ross apparently has also. <laughs> hey, hold on, let me ask. Uh, sis, did you get the tickets? Got the tickets. Thumbs up. She's very upset, by All the way. Right. If, any, if anybody at Ticketmaster is listening, she's upset about the fees. <laughs> that's a no she does not like that the total is so much higher than what this the tickets cost. Time, so. time I, I, I've heard I've heard Michael Rapino is a uh, an avid I wasn't listener gonna, I wasn't gonna call I was not gonna call out Michael Rapino, but since you just did hey Michael fees my sister is not happy about the fees just, by the way Mark you talk about you talk about John Madden I am not sure if my focus group of one age 14 now no idea if he knows that John Madden was a coach everybody knows the, the Madden video game 
I don't know if he knew he was a coach. I have no idea. And I, I'll give you a story once too, just to show you like the generational divide, the need to figure out a way to cross over and stay relevant. I love the, the point you brought up. I was actually standing on the floor of Madison Square Garden with Lenny Wilkins. Now, Lenny, of course, played in the NBA, Hall of Fame player, coached in the NBA, the Sonics, uh, the, the Hawks, Hall of Fame coach. And he told me the story. He goes, he wouldn't believe it this morning. One of my players. So this is a professional basketball player for the New York Knicks said to his coach, hey, hey, coach, did, did you ever play? And he, he looked at him and, and he just, you know, you can imagine the heart sinks. He's like, did I play? He goes, I'm the only person in the Hall of Fame as both a player and a coach. And, 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 a, and an NBA player didn't know that. I mean, boy, Lenny needed a commercial. He, he, needed, yeah. he needed a Miller-like commercial like nobody's business. I mean, that wasn't the same personality. But like you said, you, you have to figure out a way to keep the brand going. Because 20 years from now, I'm not sure. Will my son's son know who Tom Brady was? I don't know. And I have, I have no idea. There was an LSU football player last year who had a, a really big game when he had the flu. And afterwards, the journalists were kind of comparing it to MJ's flu game. And in the middle of the, the question, the guy interrupted the journalist and was like, I'm sorry, but who's MJ? No. He, he just had no idea. Yeah. You're saying that to a man in Chicago. Yeah. Oh. Uh, that was oh. last year, maybe two years ago. His name was Harold Perkins. Um, but, oh. but to me, it underscores this exact point. He was like, I, who is MJ? Wow. He just had no idea what, what, let, what let me ask what you this, Mark. About. We go all over the place with you. And by the way, we really intended to talk NFL, but we're 17 minutes in and <laughs> yeah. whatever. We'll, we'll get there. We'll I get promise there. we'll yeah. get there. We'll, we'll, we'll get there, get there yeah. a little bit. But let me ask you this. I, the one thing, I, I, my response to the Nebraska outdoor volleyball game, 90,000 people, most, you know, most attended women's sporting event in, the, in, in history, wonderful. Um, but they walked out of the tunnel to the theme music that, to me represents Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Eben liked it. I did not. Well, I, I, I was I assume that it was their also their theme music for regular home games. I didn't I, I, I we're not sure if it if it was a one time thing or not. I, I don't know, but it isn't a regular this event is not a regular anything. I don't know. You got it. To me, it's so identifiable with that one man and that one team. I think you need to do something else. Your thoughts on this. Just settle this argument. I, I I'm with you, Scott. That, that oh, has got to be just Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. And with the announcer, I've forgotten his name, from North Carolina. Six foot six from North Carolina. Yes. Yeah. That, that song is called Serious by the Alan Parsons Project, for anyone yes. who is curious. Uh, uh, you, wait, 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 Eben, you said that as if you'd never heard of the Alan Parsons Project. I've heard of the Alan Parsons Project. Oh, um, okay. I've never, I, I didn't know the name of the song, though. Okay. Yeah. And no, no. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to. You just have to. Say, it's almost like people with Rupert Holmes and, you know, the Pina Colada song. <laughs> Officially called Escape. Officially called Escape. I think it then has parentheses, the Pina Colada song. Yeah, and, 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 and it, you know, it was done by uh, what, Jimmy Buffett or before, before uh, Rupert Murdoch, yeah, but before. he got, you know, yeah. <laughs> hey, remake it, remake it in a good way. Right, Evan, get to, please help me get to the NFL. Yeah, let's, I know let's get this, into is, some, this is your pivot point. I, know, I can tell you're itching for a pivot. <laughs> you can tell, you can tell. Uh, yeah, let's get into some, some, some football stuff. Mark, the, the NFL season kicks off uh, on Thursday. 
the media deals, big new tranche of media deals uh, kick in this year, $130 billion uh, of, of deals across the, the TV networks, across Amazon, across YouTube. Um, now that those are done, what, what's in the NFL's, what are the biggest business priorities right now? Is it Wait, stadiums? Right. Is it international? I got to jump in, Mark. Think, hold your thought, Mark. I'm sorry, but I have to scold Novi Williams. Uh, he's asking about stadium deals. Okay, but Eben, you have once again used the word tranche. Did you not just get scolded? Did you <laughs> did, not just get just scolded for utilizing the word tranche? I did. I did a, a Dan Lebetard episode uh, last week, and <laughs> at the end, they were. Uh, I, I got called out for my vocabulary, specifically for using the word tranche, which apparently I use a lot, Scott. Now that I you do, now that you, you do use it, I, w- I would go off and let it go. But since you just got scolded yesterday, to come back today uh, oh, man. and throw it in again, I just felt the need to call your attention okay. to. The usage of tranche once again. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Mark, you remember the question? <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't matter. I'm going to say whatever. I'm going to answer whichever question I want to answer. Right? <laughs> well, I, well, you really are. You really are involved in pro sports, aren't you? <laughs> six, six greatest words every year. Are you ready for some football? I'm telling you. I, I, I do you remember that Hank Williams before Monday Night Football? Of course, yeah. These days, as we're getting to Labor Day. People are just shouting at it at each other. You know, fantasy football drafts are, are, are scheduled. Uh, college football just started. It, this is the real start of the year. It's not January 1st. It's right here around Labor Day. You have uh, the end of the summer, the beginning of the fall, people starting to think about the holidays. You've got school beginning for, for kids and for college. You've got football starting and most important thing my birthday so this is uh, the September is the real start what's your what's your birthday year September what's 28th, your birthday? 28th. I'm September 6th well it's closer to your birthday than mine yes yes happy, and a v- very expensive birthday. month now I have to add to you now but a very expensive month anniversary September 5 my birthday Ooh. September 6 wife birthday September 8th Whoa. expensive yeah, week. it's a tough month yeah. it's a, t- oh, it's a tough month. week and and uh, back to school and hockey for for Stonewall Oh yep. my God, uh, Evan! We got to make this guy. He's got to get a side gig. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough going on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm collecting cans and bringing them back. Are you kidding me? Somebody has to buy new pads. You, you ain't kidding. I, but, back to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, but the, the leader's the NFL. Of all those things, the leader is the yeah. NFL. Let, let's Absolutely. let's make a mistake. And you have the new media deals kicking in. It's it's always dominating TV. And still, though, you know, the NFL is searching for the future. You know, how do we connect with new fans? And that was all part of the media deals as well. Absolutely. So, you know, like the NFL is very focused right now on being the leader in direct to consumer, because you talk to anyone in the sports industry with the cord cutting, the mother's milk of regional sports networks uh, being reduced, ESPN having less than they're going to be end up at less than half of where they were at their heyday in terms of cable subscribers. They, there has to be a new significant source of both revenue and being able to get to people where they are and where they want uh, want to be and, and consume uh, their sports. Direct to consumer is the future. We all have to recognize that, and nobody has has figured out the secret sauce yet for it. The NFL is very heavily involved in figuring out what that secret sauce is. They're the place, the NFL is the sport that people will go look for. That they proved that when they did the Fox deal. Remember 
when Fox first came into the NFL, Fox was on channel 38. People don't even know that there was a UHF and a VHF and a dial. Sorry, Evan, again with that. But that's when it started. And so that getting the NFL and and the fans wanting to go watch it, they started looking for Fox on channel 44 and 56 and 32. And then that they were then able to translate that into getting on the di- the regular dial. And that's because it's people go to the NFL. When the NFL went to ESPN for Monday Night Football, huge increase in, in all the revenues for ESPN across the board. They uh, Similar thing when they did Sunday Ticket with, with uh, uh, DirecTV. Now they need to do the same thing in this next iteration, direct-to-consumer and, and, and uh, streaming. And that's, that's where a large part of the focus is, not just because they have the TV contracts in place. They could sit on their laurels if they wanted to. But anybody that knows Roger Goodell knows that those, that's yesterday's news. It's beyond yesterday's news. He's focused on today and what's going to happen seven years from now. You have to be, because remember, the NFL created the Fox Network. I mean, it legitimized yeah. it. Like The Simpsons wouldn't be the Simpsons without the NFL. So now you have to look ahead. What, what's, it gonna, what's the next beneficiary? <laughs> I'm not sure we know what it is, but you, you want to chuckle, by the way? I love, I, you gotta, God bless my sister. She's sitting again to the right here. She, ha- she hands me a note, listening in on discussion. Uh, we, maybe we should talk about the impact betting has on football. Lots couldn't wait because baseball betting stinks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she definitely is your sister. Pulls no punches. <laughs> What's wrong with baseball betting? I think, it, I think it'd be kind of fun. You can bet balls and strikes and, you know, will they steal the base? It should Ton, be fun tons sports of betting baseball. Yeah, tons of yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I don't know. But, just but, anyway, but, that, that's the sister's I, I, I do actually have a question about, going back to the, the media and the DTC for a second, the, the yeah. NFL, when it did its deals, did 11-year deals, right? They, they, they extend from this year uh, more than a decade. Uh, what do you think about the, the term length there? Uh, it, well, it, it surprised uh, Evan, me just in how long it was. Yeah, Evan, there's a, there's a provision in those deals. Mm-hmm. The NFL can get out of each of them after seven years. Gotcha. So they, and it's not that the networks can get out of it. It's the NFL can. Mm-hmm. So- uh, when I when I talked about seven years in the future, that wasn't I didn't just pick that number out of a hat. It's because they need to be prepared for what happens in year seven and eight, not not just what happens in year one and two of these deals. Is there uh, another it, entity, Mark? By the way, the NFL could have said we want outs after one, three, five, seven, nine, eleven, and the networks would have said okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not so sure about that, but seven was uh, on a ten year deal. Seven is is a good number. They might have been able to say five, but. Uh, your point about the NFL having leverage uh, is is correct. Uh, let's let's be clear about something. The NFL is the lifeline to linear television right now. That's that's it, it, it is it's absolutely vital. So they have to try and keep the NFL on because that's where people are going, and that's why people are keeping the the cord and they're keeping satellite and things like that. It's because it's the only must see live TV that's on linear television these days. I love that the NFL is investing in other businesses that are adjacent to football, you know, yep. taking equity in these things. This, this is where the big money comes from now. It's like you only need to be right once, have one big hit, that, and there's real estate. These are platform companies, right? Let, let's look at what Stan Kroenke is doing. Yep. These are major, major platform companies. Well, and, and other sports uh, and leagues have done platform companies. Look at the Yankees. You know, Yes Network, Legends Hospitality. Yep. Fenway uh, Sports so, Group. That's right. Fenway Sports Group is another so, so it's there, you know, uh, with the Yankees, New York City at football club and things like that. So there, there are other teams and other leagues that have 
uh, that have been doing this teams primarily, not not the leagues. The NFL is doing it on on, on a league wide basis. They have that venture fund, thirty two equity uh, included as well. But you know, there there is something that needs to be. You know, and I hope this gets addressed with the new executive director of the Players Association. Um, they're leaving a lot of money on the table. The players are also. There's a way for because of the way the CBA is is crafted. It's all a percentage of. of of gross revenues, when you have expenses for businesses like that, you have to be able to deduct them uh, or you're not going to go into them. Uh, and so you, that's why like on location, the NFL came up with it. Great idea, but they had to sell it because 50% of the gross revenues was going to the players, yet they were they were sp- spending 60% on cost of goods sold and marketing. So they were losing money on the deal. Hmm. So so, you, so there needs to be the you know if I if I if the head the new exec director of the player association wanted to have a discussion, one of the things I'd say to him is figure out a way to get a part of these uh, these equity deals with the NFL, maybe co-invest with them on it, and take that that and, and be able to have a, a deduction in expenses, so that everybody benefits because that is the future. You guys are right. There's a lot of money in that, and it can go to the players as well as the league. They are co-investing sometimes, right? Fanatics, Dapper, there are some companies in which they're, or maybe those are totally separate. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But, separate, but there are separate some companies. Separate investments. They're not doing it with investments. the league. Okay. Right. The, the, only, the only ones that have been a semi-co-investment is when you think about stadium developments and uh, financing, and they have to get waivers from the players, and they have to demonstrate to the Players Association that uh, the, the actual, uh, within a few years, the amount of money the players will get will actually be larger and they do that each time uh but i'm talking about actually there are as scott was just talking about there's a future here of owning pieces of businesses that are adjacent or rely on and you know the nfl has been investing the players should want to invest they can create them together in some ways but you have to modify the 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 business model it's not broadcasting revenue where you're you know the nfl has done a phenomenal job on licensing deals but there's only so far that's going to go the future as unfortunately Mr. Soshnik is right again, is going to be inequity. And yep. Ever ever past media, is that is that one of the things that, that could fit into this bucket here? It could have, um, it, it, and it should have. You know, they didn't necessarily need to do it with a third party, except that the NFL had to get a license fee out of it, which they are, you know, 200 plus million a year, and that will grow, and, uh, and, and getting a small slice of equity. This could have been a perfect example of doing it in-house and doing it together with the players and all the parties making more money out of it over time. What well, else waiting. Oh, what, okay. what else sticks out to you as, as an area that is that is green for for this kind of structure around the NFL right now? Well, well there, there you can there's so many businesses that are affiliated with the NFL. Scott's sister just brought up gambling. There are, you know, baseball you know, with the maybe it's not as, as fun to gamble on baseball. I don't know. I don't. I don't gamble. But look at what baseball has done with things like facilities, gambling uh, outside of the stadium. You know, the Cubs just opened their their DraftKings one, which has been phenomenally successful. And now in the off season, it's going to be the place to go also uh, for you know for uh, to watch football games and Saturday college. And so it has other life. Uh, so the gambling is is uh, there's more to be done uh, in that space as well. Uh, the but I'm going to give you a different area. International is an area that is uh, tremendous focus by the NFL and has very significant upside. You know, as you guys know, dealing with people saying the EPL and Bundesliga and La Liga, 
they all look up to the NFL as the premier league on the planet. There's a lot to be, that reputation, hard-earned, well-earned, but there's a lot of economic benefit uh, to having that kind of reputation when it's, it's, there are so many parties who want to be in business with you. So this, this, the, there, there should be some kind of an, I, I hope the executive director of the, of the NFLPA listens to Sportic. Of course he does. Uh, and, Better. And, 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 and just say, you know, maybe that's something I should be looking into because I think his players would have a lot more and, and money that they don't have to earn every, with every paycheck, but that they get every year, years after they've played the game. Uh, that's, right, Mark, that's, I promise that's you, I, I promise you we're going to call Lloyd Howell to come on. We're going to get him as a guest. I mean, perfect start for the start of the season, new on the job. We've given him a, a, a little runway here to, to figure out what he wants to know. Here, here'd be the only danger in what you were just discussing, Mark, because I, I fully expect uh, PIF, the, you know, the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Saudi Arabia, to make Caleb Williams an offer to be the first player in the, uh, in the American Tackle <laughs> Football League based in, uh, you know, ba- based in the Middle East. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. Actually, that was my awful segue into, uh, <laughs> let's finish with this, in just institutional capital in general, not, not necessarily yeah. sovereign wealth, but private equity. The NFL is the holdout mostly because they don't need it, but... Right. As I watch this, if I see Mitch Rails and Josh Harris stretching to buy a football team, prices ain't going down, I don't think. So is there change afoot? What do you believe will ultimately be uh, where the NFL settles in on private equity institutional capital? So uh, there, there's obviously this is something that, that is a hot topic within the NFL. They're, they're looking at different ways of doing of, – of, uh, having uh, sufficient liquidity as team values, as we know from Sportico, uh, have now crossed the average of $5 billion uh, per team. And yet the debt ceiling for, for, for club is still $600 million. With, uh, you know, if you're doing an acquisition, uh, you, can, you can add a little bit, another half, a little bit, another half a billion to that. <laughs> Uh, and isn't and, it but, great that that's isn't it great though that I understand what you mean and why you would say a little bit to that number? It, it is worth a chuckle that that's where we are. That, that is where we are. And, it, you know, it's the scarcity of the number of teams. It's how many people want to own them. Uh, so it, it, there but there does there, there will be some they are looking uh, actively at some different things. The, the question you ask about um, private equity or different ownership structures, the NFL one one very influential in the uh, in the NFL said something to me uh, recently. He said, "We tend, however it is we're structured, we tend to make the better decisions." Very modest statement on his part. They are structured in a way that the decision makers have a huge amount of stake in every decision they make. That has resulted in the team owners themselves spending a great deal of time and their other relationships in business to enhance the NFL as a whole without total reliance on the league office to do everything. That has really served the NFL very well. They don't want to move away from that. They, it, it's, and, and the values keep going up even without, even without moving away. They have a lot of runway in the in the areas that they have already in place they can increase debt ceiling they can increase acquisition debt and things like that without changing ownership structure so at least for the time being if the nfl dabbles in in institutional money or that kind of thing i'm not sure it'll be an equity and someday if it is an equity it may be very limited not like what the nba and major league baseball have done 
I, I think of this as, as there's a bunch of levers that you can do to make it easier for people to buy teams. And, and one of them exactly. is lower the percent, the 30% cash that the main controlling owner needs to have. You can lower the amount of people that can be in a group from the 20 or raise it from 24 to whatever it is. You can make the debt ceiling changes that, that you're talking about. You can also allow institutional money. And the way I see it, at least in, in my reading of kind of what happened behind the scenes with the commander sale, it seemed like some of those earlier things are maybe more on the table in terms of moving yeah. than the, than the, than the, the, the institutional money is at least right now in the NFL. Right. right. I, I think you're, you're picking that up accurately, Evan. Got it. Evan, well, we don't, what is we that? don't hear that every day. Yeah, I know. But what, what is that? What is that hat you're wearing? <laughs> oh, what look is, at what? you coming late in the program. <laughs> this oh. is a uh, bold oh, city but, brigade Jacksonville Jaguars hat right here, uh, oh, which I had on backwards. Evan, let me tell you though, something like I would not have known what that was. Yeah, yeah it's the, this is the big Jaguars like fan club essentially. Right. Uh, We've made no secret of your fandom for the, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. I joke all the my, time my that long I think fan, fandom. Yeah, yeah I, I say that Tony Baselli is going to play well this week. You know, I, I <laughs> Mark I, Brunell yeah, Mark, really looks. Mark good Brunell is going to have a good scramble <laughs> game. This is the stuff that I come for him. And I, hey. is Fred Taylor still your favorite Jag? Uh, yeah, Fred Taylor was down with us in Jack's, in, uh, in in Austin last year for South by Southwest. It was very or earlier this year it was good, it was great That's to cool. hang out with him. Um, yes, hey, I am a child of the yes. late nineties. Oh, wait, are you are you going to point out? Are you going to point out my my dirty shirt? Is that I was I wouldn't go there otherwise you'd have to point out mine um but doesn't doesn't Evan look like Jeremy Roenick with the backward hat the long hair the gr- well if he you want just he, like Jeremy Roenick yeah well I I, my I, bank account looked wait, like Jeremy Roenick. Wait a, yeah but not you you have a more sterling reputation let's count that uh actually you know what he gets all the time and if I say it now you might you might get it, it is another hockey player though go to Tampa he gets the Steven Stamkos quite oh, a bit, which yeah. I really see. I, I've been asked that. to sign autographs uh, as Steven Stamkos before, which yeah. I've declined to do. But I think if it happens again, I might just start doing it. <laughs> might just start uh, well, rattling yeah. off some Stamkos uh, <laughs> autographs. I know this is a podcast, but for those who catch the video snippets, I will say, I mean, now that I told on myself, if I stand up straight here, there, there's the dirty, there's the, there it is. That's the dirty sweatshirt. I need. I, I wasn't used to it. It's cold up here in Boston. It's warmer back in New York. Overnight down in down in the fifties. Anyway, all right, Mark. Uh, living up to your nickname of the thirty third owner. Yeah, I, you, you know, yelling at the NFL pay to rework rework this deal, and you know you got to count those expenses. I love it. I, I love the way it came. But hey, Mark, thanks so much for joining us. I mean, that, that was that was so much fun. And uh, happy Labor Day, my friend. Thank you. Great to great to join you guys. Always love talking to you too. Thanks, Mark. Exactly. All right, all right. You want to do the exit too, Eben? And we'll keep Mark in there to do the exit? I will do the exit. Yeah, special thanks to Mark Gannis, sports consultant and NFL advisor. Happy Labor Day to everybody out there. For Scott Soshnick, who you can find on Twitter at Soshnick. I am Eben Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. This show is produced by Aaron Greenewald and Keith Venardi. Shout out to both of them. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, would like you to know that you can follow the show at Sportacast which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.